0: Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by our guest speaker be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be.
1: It's okay, I'll start. (laughs) No, it's good. It's so good to be here this morning. It's like being in a beautiful family. So you guys know, you guys have a beautiful family here and we love being here with you. Thank you for inviting us in and, and treating us like, like one of the crew. We appreciate yeah. that.
0: Yeah, no. before we get going here, I just want to say, pastors, thank you so much yeah. for your heart and for how you're leading by example. You're not just saying things, you're living it out, and you're being an example for everyone here, and so thank you for that. You guys have pastors who are worth following, yeah. and so we want to encourage you, follow their leading with all your heart, and, and they're just trying to lead you to Christ, and what Christ wants, and so follow them. You guys are blessed to have pastors like this here. I just want you to know that you really are, so thank you for faithfully serving. Thank you for leading and doing what you're doing, so I just want you to know God's honored by what you're doing, so thank you. Thank you, and uh, um, for us, it's great to be here we love rural towns rural churches that is our heart we've pastored uh, for 16 years and, and we're we're from the state of Washington just you know so thank you for inviting us over here from one coast to the other other side of the coast and uh um, and but we have pastored in small rural churches and that is our heart we love just small towns rural communities and and uh, the last six years, we were lead pastors of a, of a rural church and just loved it. And um, and then God just has completely called us on on a whole different journey. And um, and so we want to share that with you. Morning, so we're going to share our call, and we're going to share a message. And we just hope that as you hear our call of what God's called us to, that it makes you think about God. What are you calling me to? God, what are you wanting me to do? Who is it you're calling me to reach for you? And some, maybe it's, hey, God's calling me to go overseas and and do this. Because can I tell you something? There's a great need there. Jesus is coming. He's coming back soon. And there's a need to tell people about Jesus. But also there's a need here too. There's people here who don't know Jesus. and, And maybe it's not God. God isn't calling me to go overseas. But God, who are you calling me to share your gospel to here? And then being willing to say, God, use me. And so we hope as we share our call, you'll go, God, what are you calling me to? Yeah,
1: yeah so it was about 10, uh, 11 years ago that we were in a tiny rural town, very small. So we had like a, um, a 300 community, a little bit more, 500, 500 maybe. K through 12 school were the 23 kids in every grade, you know, you just have a tiny little community and we served there and we were there for six years And then we took a group of kids with us to El Salvador. We were the youth pastors. And we went and we served um, in El Salvador. And we had a fantastic week. And we served and it was great. And the final night we had a celebration dinner with this group that you see here, which are um, some nationals from El Salvador, a couple women from Austria, and the four or five kids that came with us. And we were in a room, and we were each seeking the Holy Spirit. And his presence was so tangible. And in my heart, I felt God say, April, someday you're going to serve overseas. And I laughed in my head. And I said, Lord, listen, I had fun this week, and I don't want to be telling myself what to do. Take this thought back from me, Lord. And Pastor Don Triplett, who was in charge of Castillo del Rey down there, he interrupted this meeting and he said, I'm sorry for interrupting this time of prayer, but the Holy Spirit's put it on my heart that he's called someone in this room to something and they've told themselves it's their own voice and he wants you to know it's his call for your life. Okay, Lord. Right? (laughs) Super clear. And... So then he asked, actually, he asked if anyone would be willing to raise their hand. Is this a truth? You know, as many of us pastors have, you know, a word from the Holy Spirit, and you're wondering, does this strike a chord? Is someone in here affected by this? And I had no peace about raising my hand. Absolutely none. And I was like, well, that's weird. Okay. I know, Lord. This is because I'm supposed to tell Chris first. That must be it. Not tell the room, but tell Chris. Okay. So the next day, on the airplane ride... The gentleman, Jake, who was sitting next to Chris, went to the bathroom, and I thought to myself, yes, this is my moment. And I am an out loud processor, and a really fast out loud processor, so you guys will get to see a glimpse into what Chris's life is. So I hustled up the aisle, and I sat next to him, and I said, Hey, babe, you know, last night when Pastor Don interrupted the meeting and he was interrupting, it's because right before that, God had said to me that I was going to serve overseas and he interrupted it and it's for my call. And I have no idea what that's going to look like for our family, for our four kids, for our life in ministry. I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know what, Jake's coming back, but we should talk more about this later. I love you. Goodbye. Yeah. So if you think of him, just pray for him. Always. Yeah, it's real life. It's my life. It is. It's true. I'm good with it. <laughs> You're very gracious. So the next morning, we had picked up our four little kids from his parents' house. And we're at our house, and I said, Hey, I would love to continue that conversation we started on the airplane yesterday. And he looked at me and he was really honest and he said, What conversation? hmm I always hear the women in the room giggle because we all know that feeling, right? We're like, what, what, how could you miss that, right? You weren't listening, all the things that were going through my head, but the Holy Spirit in my heart was louder and he said, Chris is mine to call April. And so, man, quieted down and didn't say something about it and um, that began a time for me of really waiting on his faithfulness. As we all have had God give us promises in our lives. All of us have. And the faith, the trusting and the faithfulness of God is when we choose to have faith in him. Right? And we can't have faith or walk in faith if we've already seen the promise fulfilled. That can help us have faith for a future promise, but we don't walk in faith of the unseen when we've already seen it. So... I love that you guys have Romans 15, 13 up here. I don't know if this is a verse for your church or what it is, but for me, in that season, it was really a verse that I saw God bring to life more and more all the time. And as you probably know it, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit but that it's as I trusted in God over and over again, moment by moment. Man, every time that I'm like, I don't know, Lord, is this happening soon? I don't see it happening. You know, there'd be a missions call, right? I'm waiting, is is it today, Lord? Nope. But Lord, I trust you. And as I would trust him, I would have that joy and that peace. And I would overflow with hope because he is the God of hope. And we hope for the things that aren't seen, but we can trust that hope that we have. So that was a thing he was doing in my life, in our relationship, as I waited and as I trusted and as I had joy and peace and hope, because he is a faithful God. He is a faithful God.
0: So while April's waiting on what God's called her to, uh, we're just faithfully serving where God was wanting us to go of, of pastoring and just um, uh, youth pastors for a while. We were kids pastors at a church plant in a movie theater for a year, and that was, that was fun. And, uh, and then for uh, f- for six years, we were lead pastors of our church, and so we were, we'd been pastoring there for four years at this time. And it was the end of 2018, the last Sunday. We had some friends who had a ministry in Wales, and they were sharing that morning. And they were talking about how in Wales, the church was dying. And they said it's dying because the culture's just become so secularized that people want nothing to do with God, or they're so angry with God that um, that the church has just been dying because of it. And, and he was saying, man, they want to see the church reawaken there. And I remember my heart was just breaking. I'm going, God, what what can we do about this? How do we change that? And I was sitting in the front row of our church and just praying this and just felt the Holy Spirit say, well, Chris, this is something you can do and actually something I'm wanting you to do. And so I knew what God was calling me to in that moment. And so I'm an internal processor. So I was taking a couple of days to pray, process it, uh, because I'm thinking, man, I'm coming to April with this life-changing news for our family. You know, this is going to this is something completely different. And so I came to her and I just said, hey, what would you think if God was calling us to serve overseas? And she, she at that moment just said, I've been waiting seven years to hear you say that. And, you know, we were singing about the promises of God this morning, how God's faithful. And, you know, it's just a reminder, April was waiting on the promises of God. And if God's given a promise... Just know he's faithful to keep it. Now, it may not be in our timing, in our way, the way we would wish it would happen, but just know that God is faithful to do it. If he said it, he will do it. Mm-hmm. If it's in his word, he is faithful to do what his word says. And, uh, and so we want to encourage you, if you're waiting on God for something, join everyone else who's ever followed Jesus. <laughs> Why? Because then we're reminded it's really him and not us who does it anyways. Yeah. And so at this point, we knew what God was calling us to. And we just prayed, God, whenever you're ready for us to step out, we'll do that. And uh, so we started feeling times right. But but as that was happening in that waiting period, God was doing a work on all four of our kids. And uh, so we have two of them here with us. The other two you can see up there. We have a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old. Um... Uh, kids, and they're actually back home in Washington State. They had high school still going on and soccer, and so they're there with Grandma and Papa, but we have Landon and Jenna here with us, and so do you guys want to come up, and they're going to share just a little bit of what God was doing in their hearts while we were waiting for God. Here, you can come here. Yeah, so okay.
2: Hi, I'm Jenna. I'm 11, and when I was 8, God told me that I was going to work overseas for him. Yeah. That's true. hi, I'm Landon. I'm thirteen, and a year after that, when I was eleven right yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Uh, I was at a kids kids' camp and I was asking God, like, what I could be for him. Like, I could be a doctor and help people when they're sick and then tell them about you so that they can come to know you. And then he was like, or you could be a pastor. <laughs> so I was like, okay, yeah.
3: <laughs>
2: and a year after that, when I was 10, I was also praying in my room when... God told me that my very first overseas trip would be our whole family going to Africa. And I go outside and I tell my parents this, and one of them asks, Well, what if it's not Africa? And I say, Well, God told me, so how could it be wrong? (laughs) And then I just walk away. (laughs) And if you're young or old, it doesn't matter. But God can call you to something, yeah. and the young can lead the old yeah. to something. So I just want you guys to know that. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah. We are so thankful for God's work, and we're thankful for um, for kids who who want to hear his voice, honestly. Um, God's grace over our kids and our family as um, we've done our best and made our mistakes and he covers the rest, right? (laughs) And so Chris and I sitting on that back porch when Jenna came and talked to us, we knew we were supposed to serve, but we hadn't talked to our kids yet. And so when she came out and said that, we're like, okay, Lord, wow, yep, No, you listen, speak to us through the 10-year-old, like, we're okay with that, Lord, and um as we searched and like wondered lord where do you where are you sending us where exactly does that what does that look like we knew that we were being called to unreached people groups which is a group of people who are less than 2% believers um they say once you get to 2% that you can that you can share christ enough that you can reach your whole people group which doesn't that sound crazy right Maybe if all of us lived a little bit more like, like the escape the ordinary, right? Mm -hmm. Man, it's a challenge. It's a good challenge. And as we knew that, we tried to Lord ask God open our eyes to see how do these two things interact, Lord. How are we called to unreach people groups? What does that look like for us as a family, as we head to Africa? Because that's where you're telling us. And so God really narrowed it down to the Arab world in Northern Africa. So we're going to head over to, the Northern, um, to Northern Africa, to the Arab world, and share God's love with the people who need to know him, who need to know the truth of the hope that we have, of the love that we have, and of um, yeah, of the joy that we get because we know the Father.
0: hmm and uh, just with online purposes, uh, where we're going sensitive, so we have to be careful. So if we're not saying exactly where, that's why. But we can say that later. You can ask that question. Uh, you may already know by looking at the map in there in Northwest Africa. But um, here's the reality of, of the need of where we're going. Where we're heading to, um, 99.6% of the nation professes Islam. That's That's insane just a nation that is lost Mm -hmm. and doesn't know Jesus. 99.6%. And then, you know, and then out of the the nation there, uh, of the nationals, they estimate there's 31 different unreached people or uh, people groups that exist there. And out of the 31, 27 are considered unreached, meaning this, that they don't know who Jesus is. So here in America, the problem isn't that do we know who Jesus is. Most People have had the opportunity to hear about Jesus, but maybe we've just chosen something different. Over there, it's that most of them have never heard about Jesus. They don't know who he is. They don't know what he's done. They've never heard the gospel presented to them, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so there's a huge need to share that over there. Also, some of the realities of where we're going is if anyone is a local, a national, it is illegal for them to be a Christian. So even, even us sharing Jesus with someone, and if they come to Jesus, that is isn't something that's illegal over there, that we're not supposed to be doing. And when, um, so at our table out there, we have a Bible in Arabic. Um, that is actually illegal to have in the country. They are not legally allowed to have a Bible in their own language. Why? Because the enemy knows how powerful the Word of God is. Yeah. Yeah. And so of course he wants to keep it out. And if anyone becomes a Christian, there's persecution they face. Uh, a lot of times your family will disown you. Uh, if you had friends, you no longer have those friends, and they may possibly turn you into authorities. And if you have a business, people probably aren't shopping there. But it doesn't mean that God still isn't doing a work there. That anyone who's, it literally costs them everything to be a Christian, and yet they will tell you it's worth it. That it's worth it. Jesus is worth it. And, um, and God's doing a work. There's the underground church there. Uh, over there, they can't legally um, do church if, you, if you're national. Uh, so they do underground, meeting homes. And, and it's grown. Since 2012, there were about five. And now there's over 60 at this point. God's doing a work. And so as we go there, we're going to be part-time pastors at an international church, which is for anyone who's from another country who's come in. And technically, the government's okay with them being there. They know they're there, but they're okay because technically they're not reaching the nationals. They're reaching uh, anyone else. So we're going to part-time pastor them, but we're also going to work with uh, a program called Live Dead where we're going to learn Arabic, so please be praying for us. Um, And we're going to learn the culture, and then we're going to work with the underground church and and see more pastors trained and raised up, and and we want to see a church planting movement happen there like never before. So.
1: Yeah, so um, this morning as we, we're going to get into the word and we're going to share out of Matthew chapter 13. Um, Before I read that, I'd just love to pray over our time. Father God, Lord, I come before you just humbly asking, Lord, um, speak the words you desire to to these people, Lord. Lord, whether they're online or sitting in this room, Lord, whoever um, you have here is for a purpose and a reason because you desire to speak your truth to their hearts. Lord, let, Lord, use Chris and I in our mouths. Lord, let us only speak the words you desire. And let us leave everything else behind so that your word may be preached. In your name, Jesus, amen. Oh, I love God's word, so I'm gonna read out of it. I'll try to read it so that none of you fall asleep, but you know, if you do, it's okay. Okay, we're gonna be um, Matthew 13, and the parable we'll read is from verse three through verse nine. And he told them many things in parables, saying, a sower went out to sow, He who has ears, let him hear.
0: Yeah, this morning, um, our, one of our tagline that we've, we've uh, felt as a family is, is that we want to sow seed for eternity, yeah. that we want to be people who live for the things that will last and not the temporary things that won't last. And so as we read this passage, um, it's really a call to this. It's, first thing we see is this, is that we're all called to sow seeds. Yeah. And what is the seed? It's the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And I, my parents are Assemblies of God pastors, so I've grown up in assembly of God church my whole life. And uh, we've pastored too. And so I remember at a young age, I've heard this passage many times. And maybe if you've been in church a while, you've, you've probably heard this parable too. And I remember when I would hear it, I used to make this assumption that Jesus was the farmer who sowed the seed. Well, it's easy to make that assumption because, well, Jesus is the very word of God, right? So who better to scatter seed and share the word than the very living word of God himself? And, and he can do it better than any of us. So, of course, Jesus is the farmer. But as we're reading this, what we see is Jesus isn't saying he's the farmer. He says, we're the farmers. That it's all of us. If we're followers of Jesus, he said, if you're a part of my kingdom, then you will be someone who sows seed. It's amazing to me that God could have done this all on his own, right? He could have done it and and probably do it way better than we ever could. But yet, this, this most important thing... Sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, he entrusted to us, to his people, to his church, to his followers. He said, he said, I'm entrusting this to you, and this is the work for you to carry on until the time he comes back again. Man, how cool that God would trust someone like you and me. <laughs> Why? Because we're going to fail at times. We're going to mess it up. We're going to be afraid to do what he's called us to do. But yet, he's called us to do it, and so we must go. We must be people who sow seed. So if we're going to be people who sow seed, then it's pretty important that we have seed that we can sow. What does that mean? That means we need to be people of the word. We need to have the word of God planted within us. Otherwise, how can we help it be planted in someone else? There's so many things vying for our, our attention and, and, and trying to be the voice in our life and tell us this is what you should do. And more than ever, we need the word of God to say, God, what is it you're telling me to do? How are you calling me to live? Who are you calling me to share you with? You know, someone was saying after we shared, he said, we have these satchels and it does us no good if our satchels are empty. And we have no seed in it. Yeah. We need to load up the seed so we can go scatter it wherever we go because we're called to be people who sow seed, the word of God. And so never take it for granted that we have the very word of God we can turn to anytime, anywhere, any place. because where we're going, they don't have that luxury. Don't ever take it for granted. We have the ability to gather together as the church to worship God and hear his word and be challenged to follow him, to be a part of a family because where we're going, they don't have that freedom. They have to be careful. They have to do it in secret. They have to do it underground. Here's another thing about sowing seed. If we're only around those who are Christians, that's another problem because in order to sow seed, we have to be where the soil is. We have to be where there's people who need seed and sown to. And so we have to make sure we're not just only with church people, but we're, we're out in our community like Pastor was talking about, in a restaurant, in the grocery store, that that house you have isn't just your house, it's the house God gave you because there's neighbors he wants to use you to sow seed to. That, that grocery clerk who's checking you out, that maybe he wants you to sow seed to them. Those coworkers you have, that God put you there so you can sow seed. And you might go, well, what does it look like to sow seed then? What, what does that need to happen? Here's a question. How many of you can smile and say hi and be kind to someone? Can anyone? Anyone, right? So we were when we were first youth pastors, same place where we took the missions trip, um, small community, uh, a town where everyone knows everyone. And so... Um, we were doing a Bible study at our house. We had men's women's Bible study on Wednesday nights. And so we were hosting at our house. And this man named Jerry, and I got a picture of him right here. This is Jerry. He loves Vita Bugs. He loves Harley Davidson. And he's got, you know, he's he was kind of this rough looking guy. Like you look at him, you go, man, you, you had a rough background where he had tattoos all up his arms, hair slicked back. I mean, just a guy where you're like, man, you've lived a little bit. And so... Jerry, this one time after this Bible study, came up to me and he said, Hey, Pastor Chris, do you know why I started coming to church here? And I looked at him and I said, Jerry, I have no idea why you started coming to church here. And he said, well, let me tell you. And he said, one day, one morning, I was outside in my driveway in a bathrobe holding a beer can, showing off my Harley to some friends. And he said, and I knew you were the youth pastor, and you walked by as this was happening He said, and you smiled and you waved and you said hi to me and asked how I was doing. And he said, that's why I started coming to church here. And up until he said that, I totally even forgot about that. And then here's the other honest reaction I had. When he said that, here was my thought that was it. That was all? Like, I didn't share scripture with you? Like, the angels didn't come down and start singing, and like, a light shining, you know? Like, I think sometimes we think and seed has to be this big, huge moment, where everything has to align just perfectly in order for... And here's the thing, it did align perfectly, just not in the way I thought it was going to align. That God, when I was going to the post office, actually sent me on assignment... And I didn't share scripture, I didn't do anything other than say hi, be kind, and he said this, he said, the fact that I was standing in the bathroom holding a beer can looking ridiculous, his very words, and he said that you would smile and treat me like a human being, he said, I wanted that. And here's the thing, just by treating someone with kindness, Jesus overflowed out of me, I had no idea he even was, but yet Jerry didn't see me, he saw Jesus. And so what does it look like to sow seed? I think a lot of times it's just being full of Jesus and letting him shine through us. Yeah. And that everywhere we go, we just scatter seed. And sometimes we may not even know it because Jesus is so alive in us that we're just scattering wherever we go and people see him. Yeah. And so we're all called to scatter seed.
1: That's true. Yeah, the second thing we're going to talk about this morning is that it's not our job to worry about the soil. I think about this scripture, and any of you in here who are farmers... I commend you because I can't grow anything, but I'm glad there's people who can. Um, if they were hearing this story for the first time, they're hearing this story, and they're living this. This is their livelihood. Their seeds that they have are what are going to bring about the next harvest for them to live by, right? And they hear Jesus, and he says, as, you scatter, as they sow seed, some falls on the path Some falls on the rocky ground. Some falls in the weeds. And some falls in the good soil. And man, if any of you farmers saw me outside, out here, just tossing seed, and some falling on the cement, and some falling in the grass, you guys, I know you guys would be concerned for my (laughs) well-being. Because it is not logical to throw seed onto the hard places. It doesn't grow there. And as they were telling, as Jesus is telling this, I just wonder what they were thinking. I do, I wonder... Were they worried about him? He does not know what he's talking about, right? I don't know, but the truth is he does, right? He knows what he's talking about. And his truths of his kingdom go so much deeper than our logical human minds can see. You see, the thing about this is that when we scatter seed, we actually don't get to see the soil. That's why we can't worry about it because we see outward appearances, but the Lord, he sees the heart. And if we were concerned about, is is their heart ready? Should I even consider speaking these truths of the word? Then we wouldn't be living out the scripture very well. Because we're called to speak God's word, to talk to people, to present the kingdom truths, to present hope, to offer love. And really we're not supposed to worry about our failures or our successes in it. You see, as God lays out these four soils, he gives this beautiful picture of these four soils. And then he says, and you're gonna fail, a lot. So if you are sharing God's word and you're asking someone for a prayer and they say no thank you, you're at the checkout and you say, is there something I can be praying for you for today? Now, It's not very often that people say no, from my experience, even in the state of Washington where there is a lot of harshness towards the gospel. Often they'll say, yeah, yeah, you know, because, you know, my grandma or my mom or my kid, or they'll give me something to pray for. Every once in a while they'll say no, no thank you and be kind of offended by it. That's okay. It's all in God's hands. Uh, that's where we're going to fail. And if that failure stops us from sowing seed, then we're not following his word very well. If people say no to coming with you on Easter Sunday stops you from asking the next person, man, then we're missing out on the opportunities that God's put before us. I ha- Man, I'm excited for you guys to walk through this Bible study, this study, book study, I guess, um, Escape the Ordinary, because the truth is is that even as Jesus is presenting these things. This is not ordinary words. It is not ordinary or a lot like the world how we scatter seed. It is not a lot like the the world how we're supposed to present God's word and his truth and his gospel. It is actually supposed to look a lot different than that. And as we walk in his Holy Spirit's leading and guiding, we don't worry about the soil. Because he's going to do the work of the heart where we can't see it. A friend of mine who was a devout atheist walked into our church with her husband after being invited probably 30 times. For two years, their best friends were a part of our church, and they invited them all the time, and they said no all the time until they said yes. And it was actually on an Easter Sunday service. We're not sure if we bribed them with breakfast. We did a breakfast before. We, who knows? <laughs> but that's okay. Listen, come for food and stay for Jesus. I'm okay with that. And they came. And she, I didn't know this, but when we were leaving and um, leaving the church to pursue what God's asking us to, she shared this with me. She said, April, when I met you, and I walked into the church for the first time, I was, a, I was just such a self-proclaimed atheist. There was no way that you could have convinced me that God was real. And then she said, yeah, and week after week, I would go home and I would complain to, to her, Chris, about the things that you guys were saying in church that sounded crazy, why do you want to talk to a God? Why do you have to all read from the same book? Why do you stop eating to spend time with a God who doesn't exist? Why do you give your finances to God who doesn't exist? Because she saw it from this perspective that God is not real. And yet, we were faithful to say the words God had for us and show her love and I had no idea. And her son was in our kids ministry that I helped lead and I had to have some really hard conversations with her when her son brought up um, thoughts of suicide and and the s- sadness in his heart and I had to go have conversation with her as a mom about it and just say we're praying for her, him and if you need any resources, we can get them for you. And she was aware because he's had um, this in the past and had seen a counselor, and just showing God's love because that's what was before us. And speaking God's truth over his life, unknown to me that she doesn't know God, doesn't believe in him. And yet I'm speaking, no, God has in control, and God is the God of your son before you're the God, before you're the mom of him, and he loves him more than you will ever know, and he will take care of him as we offer him. And we just showed love. I don't know. We just lived out God's word and spoke. And then she started saying um, to her, 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 her boyfriend at the time, are you talking to them about what we're talking about at home? Because they're preaching on the things that we're talking about during the week. Any of us who have been a believer for any time, we know that feeling, right? (laughs) Lord, I was having a conversation about this on Wednesday. Okay. Very clearly you're talking to my heart. And then her heart began to soften. But again, all of this is happening under the surface that I don't know. And one day we gave a call for baptisms and she came forward. And she said yes to Jesus and she was baptized. Chris got to marry her and her boyfriend who are now husband and wife. And we got to dedicate their baby. And even in this last little bit of time since we haven't been their pastors, they've called us and talked to us. And she called me from a hospital room when she had had a late miscarriage and called me in this brokenness and said, but April, I just have peace because I know God is with me. Man, the beauty of a changed life because the seed took root. But I don't know how many seeds were sown in her life before she said yes to Jesus. Let me tell you that this graph that says three out of four, she was on a stronger curve than this. I mean, she didn't even say yes until 30 no's to coming into God's house. And yet God does this amazing thing when we are faithful to show his love, to spread his word, to speak truth over lives. He does the work because it's not our job to worry about the soil. It is our job to speak his life and his truth and his word. And sometimes it starts with a simple act of kindness and it opens up to speaking his truth and his word more. And that's what we need to do. We need to. We need to speak his gospel of salvation over people's lives.
0: Yeah, so, so here Jesus lays it out, right? He Almost like a, a mathematical equation in some sense. He says three out of four times, is not, it's likely that the seed isn't going to take, right? And that's a 25% success rate. So we may look at it and go, if we worry about the soil, we go, God, that's not a good investment, only 25%? That's not worth it. But here's what we see is this, is that amazing things happen when the seed takes root. When that seed finds that good soil, amazing things happen. And if we go along with that math, math equation, here's what Jesus says. So based on that 25%, he says it's either 30, 60 or 100 times greater than what was sown. Put that percentage-wise, 30 times greater is a 750% return on what was sown. 60 times a 1,500% return on what was sown, and 100 times is 2,500% return on what was sown. I don't know any farmer or businessman who would not take that profit margin. Right? And that's... Again, that's kingdom math, right? That's the way the kingdom works. It multiplies. It doesn't make sense in our human thinking. But yet Jesus says, this is the way my kingdom works, that when it finds that good soil, it doesn't just return you that 25%, but it's exponential. And here's why. Let's take Jerry, for example. Jerry, who who came, started coming to church, now they're leading Bible study in their own home, And they're raising their son to follow Jesus, who will hopefully raise his kids to follow Jesus, who will raise their kids to follow Jesus. And the kingdom multiplies. Not only that, Jerry and his wife Tammy are bringing in kids from the community who don't have good home lives into their home and teaching them about Jesus. So the kingdom multiplies. The friend who was the atheist, now they're raising their kids to follow God, who will hopefully do the same. And they're reaching out to people in that community as wow, well. The kingdom multiplies. That's why. And so we can't be careless. I mean, we don't have to be um, hold the seed and go, I have to, I have to be careful and make sure we hit a good soil. Jesus said, no, spread it everywhere yeah. to make sure we hit that good soil, that we get it to where the good soil is. Yeah. And uh, there's a story we want to share So the one here in the green shirt and the Mickey Mouse shirt, his name is Doma. And Doma is in the country that we're going to. Now Doma was actually from another country, and he made it to North East Africa where we're going because he was imprisoned for stealing. And him and another inmate escaped at the cost of a couple other people's lives to get out. And they made it to the country where we're going to. So Doma, Muslim, thief. Breaks out of prison, costs someone else life, and he winds up there. Well, somehow he gets connected to the international church that's in one of the cities there. And he starts gardening for them. And through getting connected to church and gardening for them, eventually this inmate who escaped gives his life to Jesus. And now Doma is leading discipleship groups at the church, discipling other people to be believers of Jesus Christ. Not only that, uh, the area that they live in is very dangerous. It's not a good area, but they, his nickname is called the General. Because when things happen, they don't call the police who don't even want to go in there. They call the General Doma, and he will take care of it. The one who used to steal from people is now protecting people. Not only that, they said, This is Doma. They said, This is him. One day they were walking in the market and the lady grabbed her arm and fell over. And they believe she's had a heart attack. And Doma Stennis ran up to her and prayed for her and she got up completely fine. And they said, That's just Doma, right? Because it's amazing what can happen when the seeds take root and, and it gets planted in someone else's life that the gospel is lived out.
1: Yeah. And even as we, man, I don't know, we uh, we walk into this world where it takes about seven presentations of the gospel for a Muslim to give their lives to Christ. Because it's a very hard decision. It's a decision against family, against culture, against the we that they live for. A decision possibly to shame family. To There's a lot of thoughts that go through. And yet the Lord is giving dreams and visions to them because he desires them to be a part of his kingdom, to be a part of his family his family that offers hope when their world is hopeless. Who offers freedom when they feel like they have to earn their way to heaven and don't even know for sure if they will get in if they do it all right. Who offers them love and humility and sacrifice when they feel like they have to conquer to have anything to proclaim in his name, in Allah's name. And it, They need seven presentations of the gospel, so we're walking over just to, honestly, to be one of the seven. And we pray that as we don't know, and just the same thing's true of your neighbors, of your friends, of the people around you. You don't know how many times they've heard it or how many times they're gonna need to hear the truth of God, of his love, of his choice over them, of his desire for them. And so... As we go, we are gonna be one of the voices, and we pray that people come to know him so that they can be another one of the voices around them because like we said, there's very few believers. And yet our heart for you is that you guys are a part of other stories in this community, in this neighborhood, in your family, even if they live far away. That as God leads you and guides you in his Holy Spirit, that you say yes when he says, I know this requires faith to say something, and you might fail, and that's okay. And that when we speak his truth and his love over people and speak of his salvation for them, that we're not intimidated by the no, and we're not intimidated by the times that the seed doesn't take root, but we don't know if that's a preparation of the heart for someone down the street to talk to them. And to say, and that they'll say yes because God says, I'm going to let you hear this truth of my salvation over and over again until you say yes. So we need to make sure that we are faithfully scattering seed. We are faithfully sowing wherever we are. And that is our heart and our prayer over your chur- church today.
0: Yeah, so if it's right, Pastor, i to pray over the church and just pray that we would be people who scatter seed. And, and thank you also, huge heart for missions. Thank you for that. Forty-seven different missionaries. That's amazing. So thank you. That's you guys sowing seed into that into that work that's happening all over the world. So thank you for sowing that seed. And you know, because as we go, you know, you're sowing seed into everyone who's going and the work they're doing. And you're saying we're a part of what God's doing around the world. So thank you for that. So Lord Jesus, I I thank you so much for this this amazing church here, for these, for these people, Lord God. Lord, I I just pray right now that, Lord, that We, as the body of Christ, would be people who would sow seed wherever we go. That there's that Jesus' time is short, you're returning soon, and people need to know about you because we want everyone in heaven with us every tribe, every nation, every tongue. What a glorious day that'll be when we get to worship all together around the throne of God, declaring you are worthy. And God, thank you that you use us, imperfect people. Thank you that you use us, God. And may we be willing. May we have willing hearts to say, God, use me. Use me to sow seed wherever I go. And God, I pray that this week even you would bring someone like a Jerry or someone uh, like a Doma into their lives who they can sow seed into, Lord. And that they'd be faithful to step in obedience and sow your seed. To share your love. To share your word. To share the truth of who you are, Lord God. And if that seed doesn't take, that's okay because you're doing a work of softening the soil. But Lord, maybe you will do a great work and we found that good soil and we give you all the praise and glory for what you are planting and what you are producing, God. May we be a part of your work and your kingdom and what you're doing. And Holy Mm. Spirit, may we we hear your voice so evident and may we follow your leading wherever you lead us, God. May we be faithful to sow seed and see people come to know you, Jesus. We thank you, God, and we just pray this in your holy name. Mm. Amen.
3: Amen. 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 Listen, just a couple announcements on the way out. If you like to do something for the Hinkle's Ministries, for Chris and April, you can place it in the bucket on the way out and put your tithing offer in the bucket on the way out. And just keep in prayer of what you're going to do for missions. Okay? And let's be in it to win it. Amen? Amen. Can you stand to your feet? I'm going to let you guys go ahead and you get to your table there so, um, uh, so that you can uh, get a chance to talk a bit. And if you have any questions, you can, you know, talk with them. It's wonderful to see, wonderful to see a whole family. I love that. I, I love that. That, that. that really does make the, rock, uh, the boat rock. I mean, that's just great. And, uh, and, uh, but anyhow, I want to put a little blessing upon you. Let's think about how we can be missionaries going across the street. someone who need or across the seas. Let's really think about what we can really don't focus so much on your problems or circumstance. God wants to use all things for his glory. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for who you are. And Lord, we are so grateful for all that you have done. And Lord, I pray that you help us to truly Get into the word on a daily basis so that we can scatter the seeds, Lord. And as we take the seeds that we have within our hearts and we liberally give to out those who come into our path, Lord, let us answer, Lord, those those words that they need to hear. Let us be those hands that they need to know that someone's there. And Father, I pray, Lord, as you continue to speak to each one of what they can do for missions as they commit to you, Lord, help them, I pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray this. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We hope
0: you were encouraged and blessed by this week's message. If you would like to know more about Salem First Assembly, you may email us at Salem1Assembly at Comcast.net. That's Salem, the number one, Assembly at Comcast.net. Check out our Facebook page at Salem First Assembly or go to our website at SalemFirstAG.org. We look forward in hearing from you. Join us again next week for another message from Pastor Brian D. Corkum.